Hello, everyone. Today, I have my mom with me. Hello. ECE specialist. Am I right? <laughs> sure. Is that, that yeah. what it... Yeah. Early childhood? I'm a, yeah, early childhood education uh, instructor. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about gendered play and gender development and how gender plays out in, like, the younger parts of a person's life. And so I thought my mom would be a good guest because she is a very, very smart lady. Well, And I'm a child. Lower your expectations a little. <laughs> too much pressure she's like kind of smart but But she's she's smart and she knows what she's talking about so and it's really fun to have her on the podcast yeah i like doing it you get some good lessons Mm -hmm. your our episodes together are like some of the toppest toppest highest rated highest rated yes nice to know yes so we could do like a radio show i know i know that's what maddie said about me and her she was like i loved it we should be on a radio show yeah well i was just telling i was just talking to emma before about how like i mean i remember one small book that i read in undergraduate school uh for elementary education and i have a master's degree in early childhood education and i finished my master's in 2006 and even then, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, I didn't take a class on this. I, there wasn't a whole lot of instruction for us about it. And so I've learned more as a teacher, teaching teachers, um, than I did undergraduate, anything I studied. So I, I have to keep current by reading articles and um, talking with my students about their interactions with children in the real world and in their classrooms. Um, yeah, to stay relevant. So it's uh, something that's super interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. It's a super interesting topic, and I feel like it wasn't really talked about until recently. So it's still something that I feel like I'm learning about. I feel like you can never like learn too much about it because right. things are always changing, and that's why it's so interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. and it applies to like so many parts of our life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, I think we have to analyze our own selves and how do we fit into or not fit into gender stereotypes, gender expression. Yes. Um, yeah, and how does that influence maybe what we are doing or what we've chosen to do with our lives? And yeah, so. Yeah, so how does gendered play, like, what do you know about that? And how does that, like, play out there's in the younger part of life? Yeah, and then when you ask me that question, there's so many things that run through my head <laughs> that we don't have enough time. I know. Um, but, uh, I mean, how does it play out? Like, there's really... Children don't show a preference for, um, you know, I guess if you talk about stereotypical girl toys and stereotypical boy toys or stereotypical ways of acting, um, really until they're around the age of two. Um, And then you'll hear them start saying things like, I a boy, because I have short hair. I a girl, because I wear dresses. Yeah. Um, Which is, that's crazy mm -hmm. that those are like identifiers, but like, it's it's just what we teach them and like, it's Oh, our dogs are outside and Jack has a cough. <laughs> so you hear Jack hearing cough. lots of nature sounds or and dog tractors. sounds. Um, well, like, and that's, that's so I, interesting. Well, I was just reading an article about this, and the the author was she was doing some research in a cl- in classrooms, and she was talking about how uh, they will just pick up on generally what the stereotypes are that the world you know the world is sending them messages through. Mm-hmm. TV and books and adult conversations they hear and, and play uh, with their peers. And so if it's kind of a teacher's job and a parent's job to offer alternatives or mm. to say, 
just because you're a girl, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Or you could do this instead. Or um, show a, approval of a little boy nurturing a baby doll, for instance. So it's in those little moments that we can alter their perceptions right. and show them yeah. that it doesn't have to be one certain way. Yeah, my first thought was like, par- like kids repeat what they see from their parents so like if a little girl watches their mom cook they might be like i'm gonna play house like i don't know just stuff like that like different different play versus dependent on your gender right it's so hard right. to word it because like i don't know like i have so many thoughts but i'm just like Ugh. it's hard and, and i think people often get um you know, just to be clear people get gender and sex mixed oh, up. Oh, they do. Yeah. And so, you know, we're assigned a sex at birth, right? Um, oh, sorry. That's our, our old dog. Come on, um, so we're assigned a sex at birth. And so we're either boy or we're girl. And um, then, you know, we're treated accordingly, I guess. But then there is this whole discussion. I just um, heard a speaker from uh, oneiowa.org uh, talk and he was saying that 2% of the population or more uh, is intersex. And so then, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. Oh, that's a whole nother uh, podcast. Um, so, yeah, so we begin treating them a certain way based on the sex that they're given at birth. Mm-hmm. But that may be different than the gender that they feel right. growing up. When do you think kids are like aware of their gender like at two is what you said or do you think it yeah yeah I mean yeah no it starts it starts they start to identify when they're two um but again they're not really thinking the differences of sex and gender you know when they're two Mm -hmm. um but yeah you'll start to hear them identifying um as either boy or girl uh around the age of two um by the time they're four they're they're four and five year olds their mindset is pretty um one track, if you will. So when they're four and five, if you ever played a game with a four, four or five year old, there are there are rules, and you do not, uh, <laughs> you know, diverge from those rules. They they um, expect things to be a certain way, and so four and five year old girls and boys will start to um, isolate uh, or leave out, exclude children who don't uh, fit into those expected stereotypes. Yeah. So yeah, it gets a little. Um, more complicated when yeah, they're four and yeah. five because of the social aspect. I read a book last weekend. It was called School Talk, and it talked a lot about how boys and girls play on the playground. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like, it talked about, like, girls have cooties, so we're going to stay away from girls, and, like, how boys will interact with girls by, like, insulting them, and guys or little boys, not little boys, but, like, middle school age boys will bond with each other based on, like, sexual scripts and just, like, different stuff like that, like, boys chasing girls and capture and rescue and things like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. playing a role in the playground. Right, right. Well, I remember what that makes me think of is, like, when I was a kid growing up, and I was just telling my students this the other day, uh, that... Again, I didn't think anything of it at the time, so it wasn't, I just did. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I wonder if I do this or if I do that. I just did it, you know. So as a little kid, I always identified more with my dad 
and with my grandpa Horn. And so they were always outside. We were, I, I was allowed to climb trees and get dirty. Uh, I could run as fast as the boys. And you know, I, I preferred playing kickball and dodgeball and those types of things. And I was never discouraged from it because I was a girl, you know. Um, and Isn't I, that crazy that I, there's like sports, like gendered sports is another thing? Like, right. I mean, not really so much anymore because there's girls on football teams and stuff, but like there's different, each sport has a gender associated with it and there's different expectations of how you're supposed to act based on that sport. So like Mm -hmm. you're in cheerleading, like you need to dress a certain way, you need to act a certain way. And same with football, like you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. this tough macho dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're just seeing now uh, the first football team with a girl coach. Right. Of a male, of a male team. We're just starting to see the first, you know, of these, uh, you know, girl football teams at junior high level. Like we're just starting now in 2020 to see these things as first. And that shows you how much further we have to go. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. Um, I can remember a a preschool dad picking up uh, his son from preschool and he the dad was a little late to pick him up. And so the other kids had, for the most part, had gone. The little boy was um, playing dress up, yeah, and he had on a, a little skirt and a ballerina, like a ballerina tutu. And so we were talking, and I was playing this little with this little boy. And Dad p- came uh, to pick him up, and Dad was really upset. And he was like, "You're a boy. You don't wear skirts. Get out of that that tutu." And he was, you know, the dad was uh, upset. Like, why would you let him do that? And I was like. He just has options to play, and those are one of the options. Um, And so dads seem to have a harder time with that in general from what I've experienced than than moms do. Um, I think they see it maybe as a threat, uh, a threat to... Children are an extension of us when they're little, in a way. And so some males might fear uh, what that looks like... uh, to their social network, you know, depending on how their son is acting, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So how does your gender develop with age? Or do you have any personal experiences of how you might have changed throughout the years? Yeah. Um, well, again, I, you know, like I said, I identified with my grandpa and my dad early on and um, preferred to be outside playing and getting dirty. Um, but I was just looked upon as a tomboy, and that was that was fine. That was acceptable. Um, and, you know, and, and so in junior high and high school, I started to wear makeup. My mom wore makeup. Um, and, again, we're looking at this as a, a girl stereotype because right. we know now that, yeah. yes, males wear makeup, but that wasn't so much in the 70s and 80s uh, in the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> Midwest, the Midwest. Spe- <laughs> Midwest specifically. Um, and so, yeah, so I started wearing makeup in junior high and high school um, to fit in. You know, all my friends were doing it, and, and it was fun. And, you know, we had uh, the first blue mascara came out, and so I had to have, <laughs> if you were cool, you wore blue mascara, That's you know. Funny. And so it was fun, and I don't think... I didn't, I don't think I felt like direct pressure from my friends. I just wanted to do what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, in my twenties, I just started to like, I don't know, develop more of a sense of who I was separate from my family and my high school friends because, you know, I was out of high school and yeah, I don't feel comfortable in makeup. Um, and that's just, that's just who I am. I don't, 
contribute that to, you know, being more male or being more female. It doesn't feel good on my skin. I don't feel like myself when I wear it. Um, But again, I still will sometimes put on mascara um, or foundation when I'm going out because I feel like that's the expectation when I'm going out uh, to have dinner. School, like some people dress up so much for school and then I come like in my normal like sweatpants and that's just what I'm comfortable in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then some people are like, oh my God, she must have just rolled out of bed. Like people have different stereotypes and expectations. And I feel like I cared about that way more in middle school and maybe early high school Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. what people thought about my appearance. Yeah. But now I don't really care as much. Like now, like I wear makeup because it's like makes me feel better. And I wish I didn't Mm. feel that way, but it makes me feel more confident when I do have it on. Or I still feel more confident when I dress up, but like I prefer comfort. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in middle school, like I just did whatever other people did. Like, when you said the blue mascara, it made me remember when I dyed my hair blue, oh, like yeah. a, a strip of my hair yep. blue. Yep. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> why did I do that? Yeah. Because it stayed for so long. It was like that splat. I think it was called yeah. splat. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was doing it. And I'm just like, why did I like feel the need to like conform to that? But that's just what everyone did. And Especially like, in junior I high. I want to be cool. I want to fit in. I want friends. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be part of a, a tribe, so to speak, in junior yeah. high. Um, well, and, and some of what you're saying about like, cause I was thinking you were talking about dressing up and, um, wearing makeup now and how it helps you feel more confident. And I was thinking about how, you know, I dress up to go to work and again, I may or may not put makeup on. If, if anything, it's maybe a little mascara when I go to work, but usually not. Um, I'll put earrings on, maybe a necklace. I, you know, wear nice shoes. I, so I try to be professional and what, and yes, it's because I care about how the world perceives me, how my students perceive me as a professional. Um, but also some of that has, to, we have to talk about power um, also. Like, how 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 do we feel powerful? And then how did we get to that point? Like, especially if we're looking at little boys and girls. I talk in Guiding Children's Behavior class about how we should give appropriate power to children so they don't try to obtain it in inappropriate ways, right? Yeah, so yeah. we talk about appropriate power being like if you are if you have a two-year-old, you're going to ask them, do you want orange juice or apple juice for snack? You're not going to ask them what they want to drink because yeah. then they might say Pepsi, and that's not an, an option, <laughs> right. right? So you'd say I want you can have apple juice or orange juice. So you're giving – you're still setting the – construct of juice is acceptable for snack but you're letting them have a feeling of power by choosing and so I think some of that obviously is is what we need to talk about with gender too like Mm -hmm. if we're allowing children options for play then that gives them power and it's helping to establish a healthy self-esteem right we're not saying it's a free-for-all go for it hope for the best but we're saying here's some play options and then the more open-ended those options are the more power, the more creativity, the more imaginative, the more flexible thinkers that children can become. And that's really what employers are asking for in the real world is flexible thinkers, people that can get along with other people, um, people that can solve problems. And so if we really want to prepare our children for the career, the real world, the workforce someday and have them be happy, healthy, productive members of society, then it starts with this like flexible thinking and appropriate power with the materials that we're giving them to play with and the words that we're using when we talk with them. Um, so that all, it all matters. It really does. So when you talk about like parents 
giving their kids options. So I've heard a lot. This is just something I've heard that's like shitty, but like some people say that parents that give their male children the opportunity to dress up are forcing them to be someone that they're not. Like, have you seen like the cases where there's like a five-year-old that is identifying as transgender and some parents are like, you're forcing them to do that because you make them dress up and like, I, that's just crazy to me. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, and yeah, I don't agree with that. Biology research doesn't yeah. agree with that. What right. we studied in the classroom doesn't really agree with that. Um, I can shape children, but I can't make children, right. yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, or they, some people might like, I've heard people say like that makes them confused because they're dressing up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like dressing up as crazy. a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like that can cause confusion for kids. But I don't... I, they already I are like who kids, they are. Yeah, they, they are, are who they are. And I don't feel like they're thinking of it in the same way that we are. You know? Right, Like when right. it comes to dress up, they're not like, I'm a girl because I'm in a dress, you know? Well, um, well maybe. Some of them, maybe. yeah. No, I think to a certain extent, yeah. Because yeah. we, uh, in our culture, and again, we have to talk about in America, in our culture, but... Um, in other cultures and other parts of the world, males do wear dresses mm-hmm. and that's right. uh, acceptable. That's how it yeah. is, you know? And so it's, of course, it's just a cultural thing too, but um, no, I don't think we, no, no, they, they're, they are who they are. Yeah. I, I mean, there's already hormones and there's already chemicals and there's already electricity um, when they're born, you know? And so giving them options helps them, express what's already going on inside mm-hmm. of them so we want we want to help them yeah have a healthy self-esteem and the outside matching what's going on the inside how do you think we can encourage kids to feel the best they can about themselves like with all the pressures of beauty standards and stuff how do you raise a kid to be confident about their appearance and who they are? Mm. That's a very big question. <laughs> Lots of things are running through my mind. <laughs> um, well, I think some of it, like, is what I t- teach my students, that we have to make sure that we are showing lots of different types of abilities and disabilities and lots of types of, um, yes, women. So in the books we have in our classrooms, the posters that we hang on our walls, um, the, the speech that we uh, you know, uses examples with the, with the kids. And so we have to uh, have some reflection of themselves in the materials and the toys and the setup of the classroom, right? And so that, that helps them have those options. Sure, yeah. I saw this thing about, like, um, raising kids to be in a weight-free home, like a, mm-hmm, or a scale-free mm-hmm, home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I've never heard about that until recently. I was like... That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it goes to the images, like when I said books and posters. So if you think about the images that kids are seeing, you know, um, if we show them, and again, I think your generation so much better at this than my generation because we all, as girls, as teenage girls, we looked at the models that were on the magazines and we were like, oh my God, we have to be, we have to be where our bones are showing through our skin to be beautiful. And your generation, um, I can remember you talking about like, people being curvy and how that's desirable. And I still think we have a little bit of the, you know, you got to be thin to be right. beautiful. But um, I think we're seeing all different types of, of models and um, movie stars and uh, musicians and, and these people that we, we look to. Um, but again, 
if that's all kids are seeing, then maybe that's some of our fault as parents. Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe they should also be seeing women throughout history and, uh-huh. you know, these other, other examples than just... Maybe we have the TV on too much if they're just looking at Kim Kardashian or... We love Kim K. We, we do, we do, but there's other but models yeah. to look at out there. There's other things to look at out there. Um, so we have to show them. We have to show them I all those I remember that examples. was so hard for me. Like, middle school is the only time where I was really, like, conscious of my body. And I remember, like seeing like we'd be in line in the grocery store and like you can't prevent your kid from looking at that but I remember looking at the magazines and I'd see like I don't know I'm just gonna use Kim Kardashian so I can't remember names but I'd see Kim Kardashian I remember I'd go home like once I got a smartphone I would type in I don't even know if I told you this like how much does Kim Kardashian weigh oh and then I would like put that number in my head and this only lasted like I remember like seventh grade and I don't know if that's just because I was around more like people and more guys and I wanted to like make them like me and I thought that'd be through my appearance not through like my personality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I remember like thinking like that number in my head and I was like yeah if I get that number like I will be like desirable oh wow no I never you've never no yeah and I don't really like Mm -hmm. think about anymore because I don't like feel that way anymore Mm -hmm. but like at that middle school is such like a a hard age for kids to like feel confident and then like seeing so many other people and so that's why I thought about, like, the scale thing. So I remember mm. for a while, I, like, obsessed about that. Yeah, yeah. But now I don't care. That's, yeah, I think you, both you and your sister are pretty healthy um, yeah. senses of self yeah. that way. But, yeah, I think as, as especially if we have, um, you know, girl daughters, we have to right. be careful as women. Uh, well, and, and but the dads, too. But we have to be careful of... Um, saying things like, oh, I need to lose weight, or I'm on a diet, or Mm -hmm. things like that. Like, we have to say, I'm trying to be healthy. I'm going to go on a bike ride, or I'm trying to, you know, yeah, be healthy. It is more about health than it is about appearance. Yeah, yeah. So that's a whole different message that we want to send, for sure. Yeah. What about in the, what movie is it? (laughs) The movie that has the shit pie? What movie is that? The Help. The Help. The Help. <laughs> Do you remember the scene where um, the the maid, the main character, she was like raising the little girl, and she taught her to like look in the mirror and uh-huh. say like "I is kind" or whatever. Uh, I is it important. Was. I, I is think beautiful. that could be like a good thing for parents to teach their kids to mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. say three things that you like about yourself today or yeah. like say three things you like about whatever and like why are you a good person like just reinforce those things mm-hmm, out loud because mm-hmm. like I do that like I've said that in my podcast a couple times it's weird but like sometimes I'll get naked in front of the mirror and I'm like damn girl you look cute sure absolutely. <laughs> just to like make absolutely. myself feel better you know yeah like everyone has parts of their body that they don't love but like yeah I don't know without with it, yeah with, like it. but again every, a balance with that too like we don't want to just make it teach on your three-year-olds parents, right that, yeah like like you are so you know like you're the you're the most beautiful girl in the right. whole world that's like, why i think it should be more about like that seems so self-centered looks and personality or like you ask me what i like about myself and then you're reinforcing uh-huh. like mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. a good person mm-hmm. i find myself beautiful or like stuff like that yeah because you have to think what do we want kids to say what kind of adults do we want kids to be mm-hmm. when they grow up do we want them to be worried about money and appearance and the latest fashion and how much their car costs or do we want them to be good kind people that are helping the community people that are trying to make the world better you know so yeah so yeah. you think about what you want that to look like as an adult and then that's what you try to establish as as mm-hmm. children you know how does that 
uh, I don't know how to word my question. How does that translate into like kids? Because like the way that we talk to adults versus kids is different. Like, oh well, I, I know what I'm trying. Maybe to ask. I'll try to answer it sure. and tell me if I'm like way I'm like off. way overthinking everything. I'm like I don't know. Well, like what I well so for example, what I tell my students is like if we say to a, a three year old, "Be nice to your friends." Nice is a very ambiguous word. Like. What does nice mean? Like if I even ask you, what does it mean to be nice? It's different to everyone. Right. What does that mean? And so I tell my students to use concrete language. Um, so you would want to say to a two-year-old, um, I need you to use gentle touches to your friends so you don't hurt mm -hmm. them. Right. And then you show them with their hand what gentle touches yeah. are. And if you give a reason to remember, you would yep. always yep. say that. Yeah. Yeah, well, like even in management, like I've been trained, like if you give kids or employees a reason, then they're more likely to do it. Yeah. Like I need you to clean up because. Yep. Or right. So we we say in disciplining children or guiding children, we say what we want them to do, and so I would I could say um, I want you to put all four legs of the chair on the ground, please, so you don't trip and fall right, right. out of your chair mm -hmm. and hurt yourself. So you tell them what you want. Not yeah. what you don't want. Right. And then you tell them why. Because we're trying to get egocentric, self-centered three-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> to come out of that to realize how that, their actions impact others. Mm -hmm. Right? And so um, we want to move from the extrinsic to the intrinsic. And so I really don't believe in, like, a reward system, uh, especially in the school setting. Sorry, um, I just thought about, like... When I was a kid, I would get a reward whenever I took a poop. Yes. A reward a yeah. reward for a poop. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you didn't like to see the poop being flushed down the toilet. And I probably would do it. a part of myself. Kids really do see that as a part of the extension of their that own bodies. That is so funny. Um, yeah, and I, I know more now than I did then, and so I don't know that I would do it that way again. I'd be so excited. I'd be in there trying to push so hard. I was like, yes, I'm getting candy. Like, I'm like an M&M when I'm all done. That's kind of messed up. So, yeah, I think I would probably do that differently now. Um, but if we, you know, if we teach kids just to do something to get something, then what does that look like as an adult, right? Yeah. And so we want kids to want to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Right, right. Um, it makes them feel good about doing and the right thing. And then they expect a reward too, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is not always the case. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like we want them, if I see someone on the side of the road, if I see one of my students on the side of the road next to their car and their car is broken down, I'm going to stop and help my student um, or help them call someone or whatever I need to do and not expect a reward from it. Mm -hmm. It's just I know that person. They need help, so I'm going to help them. I don't expect anything in return. Yeah, that's and I a good example. I think the world would be a better place <laughs> if we could all operate from from that understanding, you yeah. know. Same with gender though, right? And in in sexual preference and um, LGBTQ community, if if we all just understood that most people are just trying to figure out who they are and lead the best happiest life they are that they can, mm -hmm. then maybe yeah. Maybe the world would be a better place. Yes. Yeah. I agree. You know. Well, I'm, yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no, no. I don't think I do either. We could probably talk forever, but we, For we just hit the 30 minute mark. So I think Ooh. some people might be like, bored. <laughs> no, we are way too interesting to be boring. Oh, no, we are so interesting. Way too interesting. We are the coolest. <laughs> All right, Mom. All right. Thanks for chatting with me. Thanks for having All me. All right, bye. Bye.